And welcome to Land Parties, episode 64 from the Las Vegas Review Journal. I am your host, Ryan Smith, and with me, as always, my co-host, Lucas Egan. Lucas, how have you been, my friend? How was your weekend, buddy? My weekend was good. Had a nice Easter weekend with my girlfriend. Had some ham, had some mac and cheese, which is like my favorite meal on the face of the earth. So I've got lots of leftover mac and cheese to eat this week. So I'm a happy guy. (laughs) How was your weekend, Ryan? It was good. Same. We had family over. Uh, I I grilled up some ribs. I, I, I'm trying out this new recipe, and it's so, so good. We pressure cook the ribs uh, for like 35 minutes, take them out, slap them on the grill for like uh, 10 minutes or so, make uh, from the zoo, uh, make a uh, barbecue sauce. Bada bing, bada boom. They fall off the bone. It was so good. Clearly, the ribs were, were the highlight, but <laughs> but there was also uh, uh, the highlight of Outriders. We're going to get into that. First, though, enough about us. We have a very esteemed guest, David Bateson, the voice of Agent 47 from the Hitman series. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today, David? Oh, I'm doing fine. I mean... uh yeah, you know, Easter weekend is what it is. Uh, yeah. Relaxing, you know, family, friends, and good food and a little to drink. Uh, you know, so yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm as good as it gets right now. Love to hear it. We are excited to jump into talking about all things Hitman. But before that, we wanted to touch on a couple topics. And Ryan, you had some experiences i'll call it that with outriders <laughs> yeah listen look you guys knew that we had to talk about this i've been hyping this game up now for weeks i love the demo it finally released on thursday i actually took thursday and friday off to be able to completely grind this game out i said i was gonna play till my eyes bled and they bled no <laughs> i played for 19 and a half hours uh, day one, I literally have probably gotten maybe like 10 hours of sleep throughout the weekend. I was ridiculous. I was a monster. I did finish the campaign. However, the monsters and, and, and the people weren't the hardest things, uh, in this game. They had major, major issues with their servers. Probably, I think it's only now. Today is day, we're recording on Tuesday. Today is, is day five of the release of this game. Last night I noticed that, that the servers were a lot more stable, but the first day, especially the first day, but the first three days for sure, um, you kept having people, there was an issue between signing in and authenticating and being able to get into the servers. Knowing though that this is not a live service game, uh, they still need the servers and that stuff to be able for co-op and, and multiplayer and things of that nature and whatnot. So it was, it was a struggle as far as with that. I feel like game wise, this game is amazing. Like I said, I've already got 50 plus hours into the game and it's been five days. So, you know, it, it's fun. 
And as a looter shooter, I love looter shooters. Uh, the shooting, the gameplay, the story's good. The loot so far has been amazing. And just the, uh, the amount, the sheer amount of customization in this game is absolutely ridiculous. I'm having a ton of fun, uh, just creating different builds and stuff like that. But, this, I mean, this really brought delight. I was doing some, obviously, I was on Twitter looking at their things like, what's going on with these servers? Are they down? Are they up? There was issues with the crossplay, and I feel like, I mean, again, there, there's, it's difficult. I would say for them to actually be able to stress test something going live from just being a demo and this and that to it actually being out into the world. I always assume that games are going to be on a server are going to have day one server issues. I I think positive wise, how they responded, they were very communicative with the, uh, with the audience staying up on their Twitter. They built a site that literally showed what components were down and which ones were up. We haven't gotten any kind of official news from them and i'm not mad at that either because i feel like a lot of people were like well you know what's going on this or that like any other company you need to go back investigate make sure you know what you're talking about before you just spout you know start spouting out things and say oh it must be this or that you know test it figure out exactly but you can't expect somebody to do that in the middle of a fire you know what i mean like the, right. the, the servers are basically on fire right now they are doing damage control so i didn't expect them to give us the full thing it's like hey they they told us things are it, that there's issues and they were quick on the fixes and they were working it they were working it so i feel like it kind of tainted and and I feel like it's been a while to where like, it's like, man, this is a really good game, but the experience and those server issues have really kind of put a little bit of a negative light onto the game, which again, I don't think it's something that they could do or, or, you know, do about it. It's a matter of getting it out there and, and, and trying to work it, but I don't think it's a way to, I don't think it should taint the game couple days ago i would have said i would hold off on buying it just because like literally it was hard to play you got kicked out in the middle of boss fights and, and lost loot like made me super salty uh you know like and multiple people had issues like that but uh this game is good it's good i don't know if you guys uh are into looter shooters or if you guys got a chance to um uh, you know, follow up on any of the the news out there. But I, I mean, again, David, you've been yeah. a part of pr- plenty of releases. Have you yeah. experienced any kind of issues like that? Um, you know what? No, is the short answer. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think Hitman is so intense uh, a game with with so much happening at the same time. So we don't mm-hmm. have a well, not yet, at least, a kind of a, a demo problem uh from the get-go you know when it's just released there are some hiccups along the way especially with um if they put out something like an elusive target or or, or a new gameplay or to give you access to you know hitman 2 or something there can be Mm. one one or two odd little uh hiccups but nothing as extreme as what you're uh experienced no you know let me let me follow up with that you know when you have a game that that's just been released to the wild and yeah. obviously these are projects that you spend months if not years on what is yeah. that feeling like when those first reactions start to come in from the players on how they're they're uh finding it yeah i mean uh i used to really uh follow it closely 
right from the get-go because I was just excited to see how the fans would react. I tend to be a bit more laid back now, to be honest, uh, because I, I, it just goes so quickly. What I do do is I follow it live through Hitman Forum or mm. through my uh, Twitter feed connections uh, on, on Hit, um, IO Interactive, where it's sort of oh. real-time issues popping up on, on, a, on a Twitter feed. And that I find... That's I think that's for me less stressful, yeah. Than being like right on the front line, going, "Oh my god!" Because I can't do anything. I'm excited to see the reactions of the players, and I think it would be fair to say that I'm most I'm like a stalker. <laughs> yeah, on opening weekend, I I'm out. I'm really I'm checking everything, but I'm a, I'm a kind of half a day later to when something has happened and also, you know, checking up on, on, uh, on players, uh, you know, feedback, but I'm excited like hell because I mean, I come on in a game at a real late stage, you know, mm -hmm. recording for me is about a four to six month, closer to six month, uh, attachment to the game. But these guys, you know, in a building, you know, 200 programmers and, and, it's whatever they are working like at the coal face for years before mm -hmm. I get get a piece of the action. So I, I'm I'm mainly stoked on their behalf and mm -hmm. going uh, way to go, guys. I, I don't kind of I have to say I have difficulty accepting any credit for it because as I say, I, as a as a voice actor, I come in such a late stage and I've had nothing to do with the visuals, nothing to do with the gameplay or the level design or the sound or the music. So I'm I'm kind of humbled when the game comes out. So I, I shut up. <laughs> no, I, yeah, that totally makes sense. But uh, yeah, and, and kind of like you're saying too, like there's so many people that put years and they've poured years oh, yeah. into something, you know? So it's like, you hate to see... Uh, something like that, like server issues, yeah, give a negative, you know, kind of make the community feel negative towards the game. Where it's like, look, there's a lot of back end stuff that we don't understand, uh, that's going yeah. on there. So it's like, just be patient. And, and especially in this internet age, I feel like our patience or the people's patience level is like this one slip up. If you do not deliver the perfect thing, and even when you do deliver the perfect thing, there's always going to be somebody complaining about something. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I was talking to Jane, uh, Jane Perry, who plays my boss, uh, Diana Burnwood. And I said, Hey, congrats on cyberpunk, you know? And, mm -hmm. and she was stoked on, we were doing another Hitman interview that weekend when they released Cyberpunk. And, you know, when the shit hit the fan there with, uh, with issues, I really mm -hmm. felt for her and for, because, you know, there's so much people and so many people and so much work has gone into it to suddenly have it, you know, blow up in your face with like, uh, you know. Uh, with glitches and stuff, uh, and mm -hmm. they take the, take the shine off, and it sh it really shouldn't, you know, it shouldn't be an enough of an issue to uh, to ruin the experience. You know, let me ask you real quick, then, because I'm sure that there are a lot of aspiring actors and actresses out there. What would your advice be if 
if they're part of a project that isn't received as well as everybody hopes like do you do you have tips on like how to develop a, a healthy mindset to deal with that kind of uh blowback yeah well here's the thing no matter how good the game is you and, and you get positive feedback and you get some negative comments and stuff glitches aside but no matter how good a game is it the players have an expectation that it will be that good so you almost, right from the get-go, have a feeling oh, it's not enough. I, mm-hmm. you know, when I think of the people at IO Interactive and I go, okay, they've raised the bar. We have a new engine. We have new, uh, a much more powerful uh, integrative database to, to, to put much more into this, what you're seeing on the screen. The fans are not even going to notice it because they expect it. <laughs> so, um, so my attitude is, uh, as a voice actor, when I'm attached to something like that, is just be humble because um, mm. and be as supportive as possible to the game developers, like IO Interactive in my case, um, because I know, or I have an idea at least, just how much uh, man hours and uh, brain power has gone into getting to this moment. So I'm, I'm, I'm all up for you know, popping champagne and going, well done. And uh, if there are any you know, glitches, you know, suck it up. It's, it's going to be worth the wait or, or the time spent to get it fixed. So, yeah, from the voice acting point of view, I would say if there are any things, I would practice damage control and keep smiling because it's going to be worth it. Absolutely. It's yeah. So, I mean, end result, it's a fun game. Servers are getting, are getting smoothened out. It was a lot smoother last night. I didn't, I still, I'm still getting a unreal engine, uh, crash, but they're, they're getting there. And like you said, I, I'm very much on the be patient. This game is good. It's a good game. It's a great story. The end game now, you know, now that I'm into end game content, that will be the true test as to how, how much fun the game is, is being at getting that replayability. Am I still getting excited for new loot and, and loot and, you know, stuff like that. So, and, and, and for the record, I love cyberpunk. I don't care what anybody said. I had some funny little glitches. I didn't have any kind of major stuff. I think uh, maybe one mission wouldn't close, but we just got that new patch as well. That was a, like a 40 gig patch. So Whoa. I think they're going to have their, their redemption story. They're not, they're clearly not showing signs of abandoning or anything like that. So I'm very confident for it. I think cyberpunk is an amazing game. Yeah, I, I hopefully it can. Uh, you know, we've said this before. Hopefully, it goes on the no man no man sky arc and uh, can claw its way back. It, it, there's a lot of talented people there, so hopefully, hopefully that happens. But speaking of IO Interactive, yeah. aside from the Hitman series, uh, I think a lot of people, myself included, were excited about some announcements that they are doing a James Bond game that will be an original story that's pulling from James Bond's history. And I, I mean, 
I'm I'm super psyched. I mean, of course, my mind goes back to like the golden eye days of the 90s. Yeah. And I, I would love another classic James Bond game. But David, I do have a question for you. <laughs> would you be up if, in a hypothetical dream world? Would you yeah. be up for a Hitman James Bond team up in a game? <laughs> what a cool idea. I mean, yeah, let's face it. It's it's not rocket science. I mean, it's not a quantum leap of uh, the imagination. You know, there are two assassins, both with code names. Um, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> one kills on the private and the other one does it for the government. Mm. So, I mean, it's not, you know, I got in this last game with Hitman 3, when uh, I got to sort of ride shotgun with uh, my childhood friend, uh, Mr. Gray, I thought, yo, man, this is so cool to be on a mission with, with another assassin. And so, I, yeah, you know what? If, if, if you can do alien and predators and whatever, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. bring it on. I mean, I think, to be honest, I'm well and truly frozen out. Uh, of the picture um, right now, which is understandable, as they need to concentrate and separate uh, a 20-year legacy of my face and right. my voice being attached to a to a new franchise. And, of course, I have full respect for that. But, oh, man, I, I think it would be fun um, <laughs> to, you know, the rest of the team up and sort of <laughs> do tag, tag assassins. Okay, you take this guy, I'll take that guy. Right? That, that would be amazing to see. I'm excited for this as well. Again, and and you know how I am about, uh, especially some of these games that have all this content that's already built up. The fact yeah. that they're going in, making this original, again, a smart move. I believe it gives people, uh, not only does it kind of allow newer or younger people that may not be familiar with the series to now be able to attach onto it and have that as part of their culture, but then it also plays on people that, you know, we've grown up watching the old Bonds and Connery and, and Ryder Moore and, you know, throughout, Craig, you know all, all of them so i'm excited to see what they do with it i would love to see some way of being able to recapture that golden eye game experience uh some way somehow that would be a fun addition to this but really yeah. about this i'm excited about the story and what they can do with this because again you have a a, a meaty base of who this character is that you can kind yeah. of pull from, uh, but now you could put them into whatever kind of setting you want to. You don't necessarily have to follow those rules. You now get to set your own rules with this yeah. amazing character that people are familiar with. I- I'm excited for this. You know, Ryan, you, this is a good point, Ryan, because they they've got this. Uh, they're doing a, starting out on a, a franchise which is well established and that everyone knows that character. But, uh, mm-hmm. but beyond that, it's completely, you know, it's an open crapshoot. They, they can go anywhere in a completely original idea. And they've been given, as I understand, carte blanche to do just that. So I'm, ex- I'm so excited because they have the, uh, the, the sort of, you know, a 20-year history of, of uh, killing people. 
<laughs> um, in very classy way. <laughs> so uh, I'm so I am so curious to see what they're going to do, and also um, from a writing point of view, which I'm particularly excited about uh, because the writing team at IO Interactive is is really top draw. You know, they they know each other well. They almost finish each other's sentences. You know, it's mm. it's very tight crew. So um, I have great expectations personally uh, f- uh, as to the story. I, I think it's really going to be uh, something to look forward to and unexpected. Oh, yeah. I'm right there with you guys. I got to be honest. I, I have been dying to ask one more question related to this project to you, David. Okay. If... If I needed to put a contract out on somebody and I needed somebody <laughs> to get the job done most efficiently and, and in the best way possible, should I turn to Agent 47 or James Bond? Ooh, that's a good one. Well, um, here's, the, here's an offer for you. I'll do them for free. Oh, damn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. But uh, no, I, I'm sorry. I, I would go with Agent 47. You know why? Because I, he has something which I think has really um, is one of the extra special levels about or, or aspects to the Hitman franchise, the silent assassin thing. James Bond is not known for sort of quietly <laughs> killing people, you know. <laughs> they like to drop a building on you or, or stick an acid bomb. <laughs> so no, and I, I think that's that aspect of. Uh, the silent assassin uh, approach to, to killing you, taking out your target, has a, a real level of sophistication, which James Bond could learn a little of. <laughs> fair. That is fair. <laughs> I would agree. I would go with Agent 47 as well. <laughs> All right, guys. Yeah, I, but yes, this is definitely a game that we'll keep up on and uh, see. I'm excited to see what they come up with, especially story wise. So let's take a quick break and we're going to come back jibber jab with David and we'll see you guys on the other side of this commercial. Be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for listening to that short message. And now comes the fun part of the show. And David, let me start from the beginning. When you first got the role as uh, Agent 47, where did you see this going? Like, did you have a plan in your head and and, uh, in your wildest imaginations? Do you think we'd be here two decades later talking uh, about the newest game that came out this year? You know, uh, the short answer is not in my wildest fantasies and also because i know for a fact when this game was the first game uh, Mm -hmm. i was asked to audition for and you know and which led to 21 years even the the founders and the 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 five guys who started it up in a garage (laughs) they definitely didn't see this going to where you know where it is today they were hoping it would make some money so that they could start developing other game ideas. And, and then within about two or three years, they were you know, in a building 
wearing suits and talking to 200 employees going, shit, I didn't see that coming. You know? <laughs> but, but no, um, of course they had a, they did have a game plan because they had such integrity with the, the original game they, in the sense that they set the bar really high. They didn't sort of dumb down and sort of, and then get a fan base and then work up to making it harder. It right. was a, it was a tough game from the from the get go, and the, they, they they had that silent assassin idea planted in in the game's DNA right from the get go. So, but I still think, in fact, I as I say, I know that they were shocked that within such a short space of time it would turn into a, a global success, you know, and a a huge franchise. How have you seen Agent 47 kind of evolve? Was there a, a direction that they took this character through the years that you found most compelling? Yeah, it was the uh, it was the kind of Frankenstein's monster feel to it that he you know as a as an actor, voice actor or otherwise, when you look into a character or studying a character, you want to find out who this guy is. What makes them mm-hmm. take to find out why do they react and do what they do? But when you kind of start a game with this Enigma character game, we're not going to tell you. He doesn't know about his childhood. He doesn't know where he came from. And so that, that was the challenge. It was giving him a, a way of a reason for reacting like he reacts without knowing why. There was no indication, uh, and I wasn't going to get any indication that, okay, he does this because he had a real tough childhood. Okay, what happened to him? Oh, well, you know, no, I'm not going to tell you. You know, um, <laughs> so I, what it, as an actor, I made, I had to make kind of, if you like, private assumptions just mm-hmm. so I could hang some uh, attitude to the way I would say a line. Bear in mind, in the especially in the early games, I would only ever get my lines, uh, so I wouldn't know what it, much about what happened before or what happened afterwards. I would get a, a briefing into the context of the lines. In other words, what's just happened up to this point, and the bottom line is that's all you actually need to know. But beyond that, I made up in my mind a kind of melancholy a kind of um, haunting toughness to this guy, which I could hang some kind of non-emotion emotions on the way I would say a line, right. just to make it you know more interesting, because otherwise he would just sound like some kind of robot. And he was pretty monosyllabic for many years, so you didn't have much to go on, but I thought it's got to be more interesting that. There's got to be something going on to the player can just have in the back of their minds that he's got some dark history. We'll find out one day, which obviously made the culmination of this eighth game or Hitman 3, just to confuse matters, all the better. <laughs> because you went, ah, that's why he's like he is. You know? Well, and I was going to say too, along with, and we've talked about this, along with video games, <clears throat> yeah. excuse me, but 
there's just maturation that is happening. So from the start of, you know, the first Hitman to yeah. where we are, not only has the game matured, uh, the character has the story uh, and development of that character. And obviously you playing it and you as a person has matured and, and grown yeah. as well. Where are those correlations? You know, are there those correlations from when you started out to where Agent 47 is now and and just getting to I mean, you've got such a robust like from the very beginning to now there's full on story and everything. Uh, Tell us a little bit about that. Well, uh, I saw some this is going to sound really weird. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I don't kill people for a living. (laughs) Uh, I saw some stuff in in this character, albeit as limited information as I had to go on, which kind of rang bells in me as to my own childhood. Uh, And and that's what I kind of used to flesh out the character, getting back to what I was just talking about before, in the sense that I moved around a lot as a kid, uh, was always a, a new boy in a school. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I moved. I went to nine schools in twelve years basic schooling. Whatever wow, seventeen. So I, I was always uh, kind of looking at life in school from the outside, and as well as other issues about you know just being bullied and beaten up, and hey, you're the new kid. Get a stick. Get him. Why? I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's what we do with new kids. You know. So that kid. So that somehow, I don't know, I chose or I saw that in him that reminded me of myself. So that's the one side. Then looking at the, the, the growth or the, uh, the evolvement, as you were putting, uh, Ryan, in gaming, which is beyond uh, even our wildest fantasies. As a member of BAFTA Games, for example, I, I get to look at hundreds of games uh, which are up for submissions, for nomination submissions. And uh, I, I just kind of shake my head in disbelief as to where did they get this idea from? Who thought of this? Well, I don't believe it, you know? And you, <laughs> you, kind of, you just kind of get this tsunami of imagination washed over mm-hmm. you. And again, you know, you, you sit there kind of a drained wreck at the end of it and you go, Oh my goodness! And then a year later, it's even more. So, so to quanti- to try and quantify that involvement in in the development of games, uh, in storylines, and ideas, and sounds, and obviously you know virtual reality and stuff. Uh, who knows where we're going with this? It's going to be scratch and sniff video games in the future. Oh, you know, smell the smoke. Smells delicious. Yeah, I know. I mean, you can, oh, I can smell the fries from here. I love this game. You know? But um, we're, I mean, we laugh. But you know, what's next? For me, one of the apart from the visuals of a game development that I've I've loved, I love the sound. Being so much of a voice actor, I I want that sort of Saving Private Ryan opening twenty minutes experience when I go into a game. You know, where you're kind of physically ducking and you're going, what am I doing? Yeah. I'm in a movie theater. I'm watching the I'm watching the D-Day landings and I'm ducking from bullets, which I can hear going past my ear, you know. 
that's uh, th- so sound wise is my kind of personal uh, fetish when I'm watching a game uh, or you know looking at submissions. But uh, so where it's going, who knows? But the let's say this much: twenty years ago, we would not have believed we could be where we are now. And uh, power to you know, ones and zeros and computer programmers, uh, level designers, oh, man, the future is yours. But I really, I couldn't even know where it's going to be in one year's time. So so I, I, I find the whole industry in terms of development just uh, extremely uh, stimulating. You know, when, when Hitman originally came out, I remember it being in like my formative video game years, like around that time I was playing games like Halo, Hitman, Pokemon, and like these characters that have kind of like stuck with me through the years. So I wonder what, what do you see as the appeal of agent 47 that has kind of kept players from new uh, older generations to newer generations now sticking with that character. And is there a part of his character that you would like to explore if you could, in future installments? Yes to the second part, and I'll tell you about that in a second. Okay. The first part is um, is this, as human beings, we just want to, one thing that holds our attention, I think, the most, is a good story. It sounds like a cliche, because, you know, we can hear, oh, like, we can do 3D special effects, and and I can show you the universe through my, my iPhone. and uh, But, um, and that is truly respectful and amazing, getting back to what I just talked about. But something as primitive as this, uh, human beings, what holds our attention is a good story. And what often holds a good story together is a good character. And, and taking that one step further back, if, if you've got a good idea and a, a group of writers who are on point and are creatively brilliant. All you got to add is twenty years, <laughs> and right. uh, you will get a success, which will hold <laughs> the attention of the gamer. In the sense that you know, we've all grown up together. The 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 writing team. I think I've, I'm. I can safely say I've been the the longest. Uh, you know, they haven't all been there from the from the get go, but. That maturity of of writing and what it means to be a human being and, and where could you put this human being, what kind of a situation could we get him into and uh, what are the kind of people he could meet and and who are the bad asses he's going to be offered to take out. You know, that whole sort of cocktail of humanity added to the the game development sort of orgasm <laughs> that we're experiencing. you know that's what that's the kind of the ticket you want if you're trying to develop if you were sitting there a room of gamers going okay let's make a world success uh, what do we need uh well we you know you need those kind of things you need a bloody good idea and a good storyline and then some very attractive real you know human or they can be androids but they need to mm-hmm. be they need to be well-rounded. You know, when I watched um, the Blade Runner follow-up, mm-hmm. mm. what struck me was that the most interesting people 
you cared about, characters you cared about, weren't even human. That's and true. Uh, uh, they were either, you know, a machine or they were uh, a hologram. And I thought, now that's interesting. You know, um, of course, we're all rooting for Harrison Ford, you know, as the original Blade Runner. But I thought, this is a story about machines or, right. or a hologram. Now, and we really care about them. Now, mm-hmm. why is that? Ah, well, one, we're humans and we need to have a storyline and we need to believe and feel attached or involved in these main characters. I don't give a shit if it's a hologram, you know. Ah, I want to I want to believe in the emotions of that hologram and I want to fall in love with that girl and you know be and and let your your imagination run wild and oh, we could have a future together. In the same way that, you know, Harrison Ford in the first film makes a getaway with a with a machine, you know, with a, a very right. advanced computer. And that in a way is a bit like the gaming industry, you know, uh, that the games that are successful or have a fantastic future in terms of longevity are those that really reach out and grab the player's attention and they grab their, their humanity, you know, make them feel like, oh, okay, we're in this together. Let's you, me, and the hologram go on a road movie. Go, you know. Uh, so yeah, so no matter the, what I'm trying to say with this is that the bottom line is no matter how good all the, the graphics and, and uh, uh, level design are, it has to be an amazing, amazing story with really kind of believable characters, machine, human, long as you care about them. You know. Uh, answer the second question: Where do you think it could go? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you got me there. You got me there. Because, yeah, I, what I did, I mentioned it, touched on it earlier, that I thought it was so cool to get in a car and, and drive on a mission together with my childhood buddy, Mr. Gray, who's in the, in the, next to me, together with Agent 47. I thought it was also totally intriguing that my the voice in my earphone uh, for, for 20 years Diana Burnwood, how exciting that was that we were both in the field together, you know, risking everything and <laughs> and killing people together. How romantic. No. <laughs> but, um, so I, I, I don't want to make it, make him into some kind of a buddy movie character, but <laughs> I, I love that, that, Suddenly, we're we're in this together. We're going. It was going to a, another level, where you were really now, really dependent, not just on a voice in your on your on your earpiece in your earpiece, but there was another person with you in the field who you have a, a big you know history with that you were risking your lives together, and I, I so that element, uh, even though he's the silent assassin and the lone wolf. Now we've come full circle and we found out so much about him. That's the kind of thing that for me would be interesting, that he and Diana, you know, could somehow uh, be a, a, a double team act on occasion. Not necessarily, you know, all the time. That, that would just be like, okay, we got two protagonists. Uh, 
uh, just that human element would, would mix it up. It could easily be getting back to the, 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 uh, the Blade Runner thing that, hey, what about having some, you know, artificial intelligence in the field with him? You know, it's been done with Star Wars 40 years ago. <laughs> right. Why not? I, I just find some kind of um, an emotional connection between people or, and or objects really intriguing and, uh, and, and a good hook for keeping a player's interest beyond the gameplay. Do you have you ever like had the opportunity to like work with the writers and collaborate on stories for any of these games? I wish I w- as close as I've ever got to that is me standing, sitting alone in the sound booth game. Guys, I wish I'd just been in the room when you thought of this. <laughs> oh, I mean, what are you? What are you on? You know, I guess, you know. Uh, no, and and you know, and I'm I'm genuinely uh, envious of that. That you know, going to work. Can you imagine going to work and going? I'm a writer. And there's three or four other writers were writing different scenes or writing different levels. Or we're taking, I'm doing this little section in China and they'll be picking up at the end of this. And when we move on to what, you know, Argentina, what I'm just thinking, oh man, it must be exciting to sit in a room going, okay, that was your weekend. Good. I'll get that out the way. And uh, I had a thought, hear me out, you know. I think he should jump out of a helicopter onto the tallest building in the world. What do you think? You know, and, then, <laughs> and then let's you know take it from there. That kind of uh, synergy or, or use of your imagination with other people uh, who are also you know writers and, and and top of their game. I think that must be so exciting. So no, I've never had a chance because they will not let me in the room. Uh, but i'm really envious of it you know hitman is one of those franchises that have seen iterations in other mediums besides video games so i was wondering if what that experience is like to see a character that obviously you know so well through the years be represented in other formats like like the movies they made and, and stuff like that is that is that a a weird experience to see a character that you're you're so closely related to show up that's a very cool question, uh, Lucas, because, uh, yeah, I, I feel, obviously feel very protective of him. So mm-hmm. when I went to see the movies, I was going, what are you doing wearing my suit? <laughs> <laughs> Who gave you my gun? Give it back. Uh, I mean, uh, in the two versions, they were, they were what they are. Someone, actually, I think it was Diana, um, it was Jane Perry pointed something out. It would be much better if they made a film first and then made a game. As you mentioned earlier, Ryan, you know, you just spent like 50 hours of gameplay <laughs> over a weekend. <laughs> I mean, how many films is that? You know, 20 films? <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So you, you have a kind of dedication to and a belief in that, those characters, that 50-hour investment. And no film in the world can ever match that in 90 minutes to two hours or something. So right from the get-go, there's a built-in failure factor. And then, because I'm so attached to it, uh, you know, I, I had a close call uh, on getting uh, Timothy Oliphant's job. 
uh, after mm. sadly the late and great Paul Walker died uh, in a car crash, when suddenly they were, you know, they were like three months away from starting shooting uh, a huge uh, budget film, and they had no actor. And Luc Besson had taken over as uh, executive producer out of Paris, and the game had had a suddenly it had a much more of a kind of European feel to it. Uh, my agent cast the villain Ulrich Thompson, uh, who mm. was my neighbor. <laughs> I mean, this oh, really, that is wild! I was forty-seven years old. Hello, we <laughs> <laughs> were, were shooting the film in South Africa. I'm born and brought up in South Africa. Do I have to join the bus for you people? You know, you know, you know, I, you know I, I remember writing to 20th century saying, guys, aren't you even curious? Give me 15 right. minutes. I'll pay. You know, let me fly over. And, uh, and they went, no. Oh, man. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's, of course, that's how it works. Um, they were doing the Deadwood series, Timothy Oliphant's on the payroll, the 20th century. Hello. It's fine. Uh, the second film, it was a, a you know, totally different feel to it. Uh, Timothy Oliphant is a great actor, even though I once jokingly took the piss out of him at the Golden Joysticks Award. Uh, <laughs> and I, I spent like eight years living that one down. Um, <laughs> uh, but it, it, was, it was taken out of context. He, truly, he's a very fine actor. But for my taste, when that little clip you showed there when I saw Rupert Friend, maybe mm. it's because I was such a, a huge fan of Homeland and seeing him as a CIA, uh, you know, hitman cleanup guy. But I, I personally found his, his portrayal of my role, <laughs> of me, more scary mm -hmm. in the sense that uh, I just kind of, when you see him in a room being in, uh, interviewed, you know, uh, you just, I'm just going, guys, get out of the room, get out of the room. Now <laughs> you have wife and children, just do it. Cause it's not going to, this, that's the moment. It's not going to end well for you. Uh, and so, uh, and I love that in, in the same way that, you know, when you saw Liam Neeson in, in, in action in the taken films, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just got, cause he's so physical, uh, as an actor and, and just big and dangerous that you kind of go, okay, that's a well-cast film. He's dangerous. Get out of town. You know, when he says, you know, I will find you. And when I find you, I will kill you. You know, you got to go, yep, he will. Just run, run, Forrest, run. You know? And I, I like that in the same same way as, you know, someone like you see in a, uh, uh, like Joe Pesci in, in Casino in your hometown. You know, you were, I was physically scared, and I'm watching a movie. He's not, <laughs> right. he's not in the room, but I am nervous before anything bad happens. Just the way he, you know, laughs and then stops laughing and then goes, what's funny? You know, and you go, oh, shit. Oh, I don't want to. <laughs> you don't want to even like, catch his eye on the screen. Oh, he's looking at me. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, and that's the, that's the kind of stuff, the quality you want to find in, in, in something as, uh, you know, as iconic a role as, as Agent 47, if you've been anywhere near the, the franchise over the last 20 years. But, uh, you know, it's, I, I know there's a move afoot to get me on board the John Wick TV series of Hitman's. They're, 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 
been making a TV series or it's been pre pre production for for years now. Uh, oh, couldn't it be fun getting in, you know, the real Agent Forty Seven. Uh, he's too old now, but get him in the office. You know, he could be there. He could be the guns expert. You know, he could be the the Q figure. Yeah. Uh, all right, and I hear those kind of stories with the now even with from our interactive working on uh, the hit the um, James Bond franchise. Couldn't I either be a villain or could I be the the Q character voice wise, whatever? That that's not nothing I'm even fishing for. It's just what is interesting is how the fans want to see something that's really convincing something they that they're attached to something that either feel oh this guy could do it or that villain is so bad or you know that there is a you've you've done some of the work beforehand getting back to what you were saying Ryan uh, that you, you you have with James Bond you have a believable character right from the get go you don't have to do any work explaining this guy you just have to put him in a new situation and it will be believable you know so someone said to me once that casting was about uh, success of a film was 80% casting. And if you do it right, then you, you don't have to do much directing. You just put them in front of the camera and, and go action. You know? I'm not sure how true that is, but I, there's an element of truth in that. So getting us to the future of uh, the franchise and what situations he's going to be in and who's going to play him, as long as it's, believable and you care about it uh you can put that character agent 47 or james bond anywhere just um keep it real okay now i now i have to know did you ever reach out to Tim- timothy oliphant after after that moment like did you guys ever meet and talk or, or you know um i didn't for a while because i didn't think it was gonna snowball as much as you know we're talking uh uh-huh. I said two words <laughs> as I walked onto the stage, <laughs> and, and and the Irish stand-up comedian who was the host said, "So, what do you think of Timothy Oliphant then?" You know, and and I went, <laughs> "You know, it's just I just gave him a payoff line to a to a feed, you know, comedy feed, and I, and we got on with the awards where I was presenting the you know, Sniper Challenge Awards um, award." <clears throat> And that was all I said. Uh, I think later I did say in, in an interview that he's such a good-looking guy. And, and this, but when when he took off his hair, he he just his face looked really young. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Mm. And that's not his fault. Uh, and I just thought that looked for me. Um, you know, it didn't quite have the kind of danger in it in his face because he had this lovely, wonderful fresh young face uh, without a hairline, you know, so, and I, uh, but really that's, that's small change stuff. No, I, I didn't, but I, I did actually later after some years when this just would not go away, you know, um, <laughs> I, can't remember. I, think I, I think it was a Twitter thing. I tried to get hold of him. Uh, never, never heard back from him. I mean, truly, I didn't think he, he gave a shit, you know, I mean, he got on with his life <laughs> and did die hard for and, and, you know, <laughs> I'm gonna be spending twenty percent, so he's happy. Yeah. But um, it, it is what it is. I love that line from the Irishman. It is what it is. Yup. No, yeah. I I didn't try too hard, but you know, here's the thing. I found out just in January or something. I was doing an interview for for Hitman, and the interviewer said, "Hey, do you realize that the, the one of the most 
used or or um, adapted memes of 2020 is you saying a man has fallen into the river <laughs> from, from Lego commercials, Lego City commercials. I, I voiced Lego for, for 10 years. And that meme is just, if you go to TikTok, it's, it's insane. I, I discovered there were 300 million hits and 27 million views of wow. my voice going, a man has fallen into a river. Guys, there's, there's technology for you. I had no idea. So I don't know what kind of damage control I can do now. (laughs) That is awesome. What about... I was a whole new world opened up for me when I I just, you know, did a a, a TikTok search on a man has fallen into the river. I nearly passed out, you know. I I will say this. I got a a bit more street cred for my 10-year-old daughter than I ever expected. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That is awesome. David, let me ask you, do you have, is there any, uh, this year or anything in the future, any other projects uh, that you're working on? Yeah, um, I've I've done a, a TV series, which I guess will... It will probably Netflix or H- HBO Nordic at some point. That's my latest. I just wrapped a shooting on that last week, actually. Nice. But uh, that is game-wise. I got a couple of things in the pipeline, but I can't talk about it. But uh, yeah, so right now, uh, it's I got my regular voiceover work from this very booth, which keeps me off the streets every day, and I'm very grateful for that. But that TV series is called the Orchestra or Orchestro in, in Danish. It's a Danish TV series, so you, if it gets out there on the on the streaming channels, it'll obviously be um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, subtitled. But my character is mm. obviously uh, well, obviously, but I, I I play an English guy, you know, a, a famous orchestra conductor. So <laughs> I'm conducting like my life depends on it. <laughs> that was a challenge. That was scary. Give me a, give me a good, you know, contract killing any day. <laughs> <laughs> Standing in front of one hundred and six musicians, going, "Okay, are you ready for this?" You know, I went. It's you. I went. <laughs> Did you do any kind of band camp training or anything? Yeah, big time. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I was um, me and three other actors. We we were in boot camp uh, quite a while. And, and and I needed it, you know, because though, you know, actually the, the shoot, the three-month shoot ended uh, last week with one week's uh, filming in the big sort of um, concert hall in Copenhagen with the symphony orchestra. They were booked. But every time we booked to do That's the awesome. filming, someone got bloody COVID. So it was always canceled. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but it finally happened last week. Actually, no, it's... It's the week before now, so it's like ten days ago. But um, so you know, we had to keep doing brush and brush up, uh, you know, boot camps. Going, ah, I've forgotten everything, you know. Uh, you know, right. we bought our own sort of uh, symphony to kind of conduct uh, and concentrate on. But you know, you get a bit rusty, and and then suddenly it hits you. Oh my goodness, I'm gonna be standing in front of 106 musicians who know what they're doing. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> trying to get into characters and look good. You know? So, uh, yeah, but that, that was easily the scariest experience I've done. You know, as I say, give me a hit any day. I'll fiber wire anyone rather than have to stand in front of a room full of musicians. Lucas, uh, do you have any other questions you want to ask? No, I I think I'm okay. I'll, I will say this. I I will go back and play any Hitman game in the series. What one is your favorite? What one should I revisit? Oh, that's good. Okay. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to Italy, but uh, you got to go to Hitman Two Sapienza. Okay. It's the second level, or no? It's it's Hitman One. It's um two games ago. The, the the game starts out in Paris, which is adorable. Mm-hmm. Getting back to what I said earlier about you can almost smell it, the kind of mm-hmm. uh, autumn mm. sunlight and the leaves falling from these oak trees on the banks of the Seine at, with a, you know, at sunset. I mean, I love Paris, and it was exactly how it is. So I could smell it. But the, the next level is, was Sapienza, uh, and that's in the – the, the Malfi coast of uh, on the west coast of Italy, and there's this little, you know, little town, coastal town, which you know sometimes <laughs> when I play that, I don't even kill anyone. I just go for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Here for the bees. I take an ice cream. <laughs> ah, <yes. laughs> I'll, I'll kill him tomorrow. I'm enjoying myself here. Leave me alone. So, yeah, try Sapienza, uh, Hitman, what they call Hitman 1, two games ago. Because that is just so, uh, yeah, it just, it's one of my favorites, definitely. So, Perfect. Yeah, try that, try that, Lucas, because it's, uh, just, you don't, you don't even have to, as I say, don't even do the mission. Just walk around the little sort of uh, coastal fishing village of Sapienza and, uh, you know, take a little... You know, a little ice cream and uh, have a walk. It's just cool. You got it. You got. I will. I will do the full immersion there. I'll have my ice cream cone just just in my hand, and I'll be walking yeah. around. I mean, there's so many, but that that one has stuck with me, and I I, I can't really explain why. But it, it is gorgeous. You can almost feel the warmth from the uh, the limestone, you know, cafes on on the on the on the, the, the port. Mm-hmm. for sure of, of, of the town you know so i i just love the atmosphere and the lighting so so go for it love it david thank you so much for joining us again where can we find you on the socials yeah um i'm uh, i'm bateson because uh, i'm david bateson that's my twitter handle because uh <laughs> i found out there were about four other guys out there all pretending to be me and i oh I, yeah it took me a while to get him closed down so when mm. I got my shit together on the social media front, I, I went, I'm David Bateson. And that's, <laughs> yeah. You can catch me there. Or obviously, you can. I've got a, a business site, uh, just my name, David Bateson. It links up to it on I'm David Bateson on Facebook. And uh, I'm always there. And I love uh, talking to fans and, and helping out and coming on, uh, you know, with comments and, uh, and stuff. And if there's a good reason, I will do my very best to, to answer with a, you know, a voice clip or a, but it has to be a good occasion. And, and then I will ask for a, a kind donation to a first responder, you know, a, a 
according to that person's nice. budget. No big deal. But uh, and then I'll just obviously just do it for free. You know, I mean, I won't I won't ask for anything for it. So yeah, check me out. Uh, but Facebook and 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 Twitter, uh, you can find me on I'm. David Bates. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you so much again for joining us, our friend. I, we appreciate it. It's been on my pleasure, really, from start start to end. And uh, I know my my PR agent, you know, Greg O'Connor Reed, uh, top dollar PR, is in Vegas, and I owe him a visit. Oh. So uh, I will definitely look you guys up in the flesh. Uh, yes, we will take you out to dinner. Yeah, man, it's great. I love it. Uh, so I'm looking to do that very seriously, um, either later this year or at the beginning of next year. So I will, I will be stalking you guys. So don't get worried. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be honest. With a red tie standing outside your door, just sort of <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest. I am gonna dress up in a suit and tie for that occasion because you got to be fancy enough to go out yeah. with Agent Forty Seven. <laughs> Absolutely. Cool, man. I, I'll look forward to it. Let's go have a drink and take you out. Abs- absolutely. Thank you so much. Uh, right. Lucas, what do you got going on this weekend, my friend? Uh, not a not a busy weekend for me. I'm going to be honest. I'm starting to count down the days to Pokemon Snap. I am like oh. ridiculously <laughs> excited for this. And I know I probably shouldn't be, but I am. And I wish it were coming out not at the last day of the month, but we're getting close. <laughs> what about yourself, yeah. Ryan? You know what it is? Grinding out that Outriders. I'm going to be putting more time in. There's plenty more to discover and finish up and stuff like that. Plus, I'm doing carries on stream. Uh, part of an organization, an alumni uh, from my alumnus, we're doing a spring concert, have all kinds of artists uh, that sent in some musical notes and things like that. So I'm going to be running that from uh, my studio here at the house. So it'll be a little busy. And, and then obviously, we're going to be doing some uh, Zoom. Q&As as a panel, just uh, talking with students uh, about, you know, working in the uh, entertainment field. I mean, there is a, uh, the president is a Broadway actress. So the whole game is going to be a lot of fun. Always a pleasure being able to go back and give back to uh, uh, the school that I went to. So that is basically going to be my weekend. It'll be good, though. It'll be good. So again, guys, thank you guys for joining us on this week's episode of Land Parties. Don't forget, hit us up on the Twitters, the tweeters at Land Parties Pod, at Lucas Egan, or at Smitty2447. We hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your week. And you know what it is. We love your faces.